What kind of gun is this? That's a tranquilizer gun. If any of these little fuckers decide to freak out on the kids, I get to take them down. <laughs> Get that right, one. <laughs> what? That's what I thought. Shut up. <laughs> hey, hey. Be careful with that. That's the most powerful trank gun on the market. Huh. Got her in Mexico. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. They say it can puncture the skin of a rhino from a... <laughs> That's awesome! What? You just took one in the jugular, man! Ha! Whoa! Yes! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god, I did! Is this bad? Is this bad? You should pull that out. That shit is not cool. Wait! Wait! Pull out! The dart, man. Got a fucking dart in your neck. You're crazy. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. I like you. But you're crazy. Michael Govier, Eric Brandstrom, and Travis Roy. Coming to a speaker near you right now. Hello again. Here we are. It's another edition of the Cinema 9 Podcast. We're live and uncensored. We're going to speak our minds, say whatever we want, when we want. I'm Michael Govier. I'm one of your three co-hosts. There's two other people. That makes three. Two plus one is three. Travis Roy, Eric Branstrom. As always, Travis, how are you? I'm, I'm doing good. Doing. We're doing movies and math today. It's going to be a fun episode. Ooh, boy, that sounds like a real hoot. Eric <laughs> Branstrom, what is cooking in Griffith, Indiana? Griffith, Indiana, you're on the air. How do you do, <laughs> gentlemen? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. It's a nice little Thursday. Uh, that's a little preview for our movie coming up today. We're going to focus on old school, 2003's old school. Does it hold up? <laughs> There's a lot of things about it that might not. So we'll talk about that in the heart of the episode today. Uh, of course, you can find us on the internet. We are on the web. They used to call it the World Wide Web. I don't know if people say that much anymore. Usually it's just HTTPS. And it's like kind of yeah, tongue in cheek if you do that. You're like, oh, the World Wide Web. You're being a tool. But like, if you were around like, in the was, beginning, though, yeah, yeah like, I, I was there when Al Gore invented the internet. I remember I saw when it. I used Netscape there. Navigator for the first time. That was fun. He reached <laughs> up with his dead hand and he signed into American Online, America Online. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, yeah, so you can hit us up on social media. Instagram is bumping. Got to give a big shout out to our Instagram followers. We've had a lot of action. Um, Eric Branstrom deserves a lot of credit. He's been very engaged with the audience. I, it's not me, so I don't want to take any credit for it. Um, people love it. People are connecting. There's a lot of cinephiles out there, and we really appreciate hooking up with all of you. So thank you very much for following us. We're happy to follow you. We share movies. You share them with us, and it goes on and on and on. The cycle never ends. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. We're doing the best we can on all three avenues. And, of course, we'll have an email later at the end of the show. We do have an email today, right, Eric? Indeed we do, Michael. Indeed we do. That is exciting. It's always a wonderful treat to have your emails. And that's Pod at ProtonMail.com. Cinema9 Numerical 9. Let's get into it, though. First off, Let's. before we get to old school, we're going to talk about our top three favorite comedic performances now this could be from any time and era even if it's not a comedy maybe you find a film is, is serious has a funny role so well, that could be a whole nother topic in and of itself finding comedy, that, yeah. comedic roles in serious movies mm. yeah i just realized that mm. as i said that oh well well we do our best sidekick. That's that's a good one. <laughs> but anyways we may, yeah we so may, we're looking we may circle back to that so let's get into it travis roy you want to go from three to one here. Let's start with your mm. third of the top three. I, 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 made a, I made a big list, you know, and I had to, I had to winnow <laughs> it down. I, it yeah, I know you. And it's not choose, easy. You know? Not easy for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, but I, do, I did, you know, I narrowed it down to three, two, one. But I, I do want to throw out a, a, an honorary mention first, not just for me, but for both of you, uh, for lots of friends of ours. Just an honorary mention to Robert Loggia in the film Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. <laughs> Obviously, that was a role of comedic genius. <laughs> that everybody needs to stop and analyze and put a lot of thought into. Uh, but my actual number three, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it up to uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Jim Carrey um, and Liar Liar. Yeah, I, wow. I still think Liar Liar holds up really good. I think it's really funny. It's classic Jim Carrey comedy. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, like, I would like to say that more of the comedy <laughs> like is more cerebral and stuff, but honestly man like that's just a, uh, that's just a, such a classic performance and it's just it's so funny and 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 shameless and uh yeah number three yeah <laughs> man I, that is a great one i that might have been really close to my top three as well eric what's your number three you know what let me toss out two honorable mentions here before i jump into the big three oh, please do i don't I don't want our audience, you know, I want them to concentrate on these picks instead of being like, where is this? Where is this? Where is this? Uh, two honorable mentions. My first one is Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire. This is just okay. Lily's performance. Even though I've seen the movie a million times, I will laugh out loud every time I watch it. It's just, he's, he's so committed to this role that it's funny. Hello! My, my second would be, uh, second honorable mention would be Gene Hackman and the Royal Tenenbaums. I don't think that performance gets enough credit credit as a comedic performance. It's so it's so fucking funny. He's such a ball busting prick, but again, his conviction is hilarious. Uh, but coming in at number three uh, for my official list is I'm going to do a dual performance here, but it's the same movie because I just it's a tie. Okay, it's Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss in What About Bob. Uh, it, it's just still so funny. And both of the actors fucking hated each other on set. But, it, you know, and it comes through a little bit because comes of across. the relationship. It's, it's classic. It's so funny. Well, there goes the fam. Be very quiet. And 
and do exactly as I say. Turn around. Now move. What are we up to? Death therapy, Bob. It's a guaranteed cure. Wow! Should I put my hands up? Yes, that's good. Do that. All right, which way? To the left. To the left, yes. It's so right that you and I have come together, isn't it, Dr. Marvin? I know it was meant to be. You think so, Bob? Yes. Because it's time, and I'm ready. With Dr. Carswell, thanks to all, I wasn't ready. With Dr. Rosengay and Fenceschi, it wasn't time. I certainly wasn't ready for Mallerstein or, or Miller or Hill. But with you, finally, I'm ready. The only significant difference between those other guys and me, Bob, is that I'm going to kill you. No argument here. There, it's, there's so many choices. There's so many movies, and we lowered it to three. So we're really, really cutting out a lot of great films that deserve a lot of credit. But Oh, yeah. This is how we feel today. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is – it was tough to make uh, three of these in mm. a hundred years of filmmaking. It's tough. But I, yeah, my tough. number three, and this is, this is just personal choice. I don't want to have a Google list where I could have looked it up because that's mm. lame. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with my number three is <laughs> is Henry Winkler in the Waterboy. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> he, make, he really makes me laugh a lot in that oh movie. It's not Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler's just playing a baby. It's weird. And uh, I've seen the Waterboy a lot though because it's like a, it's a funny, wholesome movie. And he does dumb stuff like he drops his pants. He's got a Roy Orbison tattoo on his bare ass. That's hilarious. That happens, Christ. And he also came in with that. Before we knew Henry Winkler as more of this comedic guy and Rested Development mm. and things like that. So this was kind of him switching gears. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for it because he's created a whole <laughs> new career for himself. So. You're right. That, that, that was a big moment for him in terms of a comeback because, like, he was disappeared for years and then reminded everyone, oh, by the way, I, I don't take myself seriously at all. <laughs> yep. Do you guys watch Barry? He's oh, yeah. hilarious on that It's very show. good. Yeah, it's That's, a very good show. Yeah, that could that could be up there too. But the, I just wanted to go with that point because he really, it had a lot of uh, appeal and it changed the game for him in a bit and allowed him to have a whole second career. Hello, my name is Bobby Boucher and I am inquiring as to whether you have the need for an experienced waterboy on your upcoming season. Nice suit. Thank you. It, 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 it was my daddy's. Hold the thought. Yeah. Shh, 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 shh. Come on. Come here, come here, come on. Come on, everybody. All right, this is it. Okay. This is the play. This is the play. This is the play. Okay, the quarterback. Two receivers lined up to the left, one to the right. There's a flanker lined up to the left behind the quarterback. Oh, okay. Now, he gives the ball. No, he doesn't. He doesn't get the ball. The receiver goes all the way over there to the left. Now, once the quarterback has the ball, he fakes to the left. No, he fakes to the right. He doesn't fake. It's about fake. He pretends to fake. I don't know where I am. I can't breathe. Oh, this room is getting smaller. I have to sit down. All right, for my for my number two, um, if we if we get to pick two roles for one movie, um, that that solves yeah. the problem that I have yeah. with this one. Um, I I gotta say it, and it seems like it's an easy and obvious answer, but it's it's it's. The, it's one of the greatest comedies of all time, and, we, and oh someone has to say Jeff Bridges as the Big Lebowski, mm. uh, or actually as, as the dude, I should say, or in the in the Big Lebowski, and secondary honor to uh, to John Goodman in the in the same movie. Um, 
<laughs> you know, there's not there's not anything else I really need to say about that. I, again, I, I acknowledge it's not the most original choice, but it's one of the greatest movies ever. And uh, that's very much because of Jeff Bridges' performance. So there we are. I mean, John Goodman's has always been a really funny, natural comedian, but I don't really remember seeing any comedic performances out of Jeff Bridges, period, prior to, to that coming out. Do you guys remember any? Because he was a real serious uh, actor. Yeah, not like that. He'd never done anything quite like that that I can think of. No, I mean, he was doing the fabulous Baker Boys and mm. Tucker the Man in His Dream and then uh, <laughs> that Blown Away with Tommy, the you know, the IRA type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Film. <laughs> and he was in, yeah, so yeah, I think you're right. That really was like, whoa. And it's obviously one of the, it deserves to be in this list because it's one of the greatest movies of all time, period. Yeah. Shoot it to outer space and let aliens know this is our culture. That kind of <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> yeah, put it on a gold record, baby. Exactly. Uh, for my number two, I'm gonna, I got to toss it out to another actor I just don't think gets enough credit uh, as a natural comedian. He started out as a stand-up uh, over in beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I'm talking about the great Michael Keaton in Beetlejuice. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. not much screen time there. There's maybe an accumulation of maybe about, you know, 15, 20 minutes, but... He creates a legendary performance with, with, with what he has in, in that meaty role. He's so goddamn funny as Beetlejuice. Total rat, bastard, scumbag. But it, it's just, it's laugh out funny still to this day. I don't think anyone else could have, could have done what, what Michael Keaton did. He has that manic energy. Remember, remember those old school Michael Keaton movies where he has this really fun manic energy? You don't yeah. see a lot of comedians like him even nowadays. You know what's really beautiful about this? You two kids picked me. You didn't have to, but you picked me. It makes me want to kiss you guys. Come on, come on. No, give me one. Ah, you're right. Huh? All right, let's get down to business. You're right. I got a card around here somewhere. Here, here. Who do I have to kill? Here, hold that for me, would you? There. Whoa! Ah, there, you there you go. You don't have to kill anybody. Ah, possession. Good. Learn to throw your voice. Fool your friends. Fun and party. <gasps> No, we just want to get some people out of our house. Ah, oh, I understand, I understand. Well, look, in order to do that, I'm really going to have to get to know you guys. You know, we got to get closer. Move in with you for a while. Get to be real pals, you know what I'm saying? And... Save that guy for later, huh? My wife and I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, 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 sure. go ahead, shoot. Well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? <laughs> no, I think it hit the nail on the head, man. I kind of wish I thought of that. That's, that's a great, yeah, that's a classic performance. Yeah, you feel like a loser now? I'm, I, I'm not good at this <laughs> job. You guys any, you need to replace me. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> final I mean, episode Beetlejuice was so good that it just kept I took it for granted I took Beetlejuice for yeah. granted because I watched it that's so many I mean. times and yeah sure. you're right that's just probably burned in my brain as like oh that's obvious I wouldn't even think of it <laughs> you, don't, you don't even think of Michael Keaton right because you think of Beetlejuice yes, <laughs> yes exactly. that's true yeah he doesn't like where he doesn't have like a character where he's normal like Batman and you know, mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne it's not like oh hey I'm just this regular guy then i'm beetlejuice he's just beetlejuice and that's, <laughs> he loses his uh, self in that completely but my number two 
this is um, this is so funny. He's been he's been so <laughs> funny for God. Every time I think of this character, it never gets old, and it's so good that it has to be mentioned. And I'm gonna go with Kevin Heffernan as Rod Farva in Super Troopers. Oh, okay. so that's great. Funny. He's so good funny one. in that movie. He's an asshole. He's an idiot. And he plays it perfectly. It is no holding back. He plays it to extreme. It's definitely over the top. I mean, open dude. bar, dude. I mean, everything he does is just so stupid. And I laughed so much when I saw this movie. And I was wildly <laughs> disappointed by the sequel. But, you know, I'm glad they made it. And I'm glad that uh, they had some fun with it. Don't worry about the sequel. Just stay with the original. Now, don't give me any lip. It's just a quarter. And look how much more you get. I said no. It's just 25 cents. Hey, listen, guy. He doesn't want it. I can handle this, Ramathorn. I don't want it. Right. Uh, beverage? Give me a uh, liter of cola. A what? A liter of cola. Liter of cola? Do we make liter of cola? Hey, will you just order a large farva? I don't want a large farva. I want a goddamn liter of cola. I don't know what that is. Leader is French. Forgive me some fucking cola before I break Moose fucking leg. All right, all right, relax. Yeah, he was balls the wall in that movie. I mean, he threw up for real. Like he, like he drank too much and actually threw up for real. Uh, but every, really? every, every, yeah, that's legit. But every line is like, honestly, you're right, man. Every line is just delivered with with comedic perfection by that guy in that movie. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. he created a whole line of movie quotes with that, and people probably police stations all over the country are doing <laughs> yeah. shenanigans you mean shenanigans <laughs> yeah what whatever happened to broken broken lizard uh they, they were a hilarious troop i think their last movie was i want to say the slam and salmon uh, before they did the super trooper yeah. sequel uh, right. a couple years ago right uh, but the, uh, kevin heffernan and one of the other guys does a show called uh tucson pd or tacoma pd it's about a fire That's department right. in tacoma. yeah i've never seen it i've never seen it i kind of like to watch either. And uh, Jay Chandrasekhar, I believe his name is. He does yeah. a lot of directing. Yep, oh, yeah. He does. Yeah. That's true, too. He um, directed the yeah. Dukes of Hazard, the legendary <laughs> Dukes of Hazard with Johnny Knoxville oh, yeah. and Sean That's William right. Scott. Who will you talk about I, in a little while? I missed that one. All right. Well, let's <laughs> get right. to it then, Travis. It's time for your number one reveal. All right. For me, this was an easy choice. Uh, oof. I, it's, it's a movie that I grew up with. Like, it's just like part of me. Um, but <laughs> as, as I grew older, I started to realize that this actor's performance was just, I mean, it's, it's Gene Wilder and young Frankenstein is oh. on a whole nother oh. level. I mean, he's just like, he, <laughs> yes. He, I mean, like we always talk about like, say, uh, you know, Leslie Nielsen in, uh, in the airplane and how great that is. And it is because he's given that straight delivery, but like, but like, man, Gene Wilder, he's, he's going for it. Like he, like, he's very, like, this is like great acting <laughs> and he's <laughs> selling it, you know, like mm-hmm. to the point that like, I, I, as I got older, I started, the more I watched that movie, I realized that like Gene, Gene Wilder is like one of my favorite actors. I went out and watched like every other movie that he's like ever done because I just wanted anything as good or half as good as his performance in, um, in Young Frankenstein. And, and yeah, and he delivers yeah. a lot, but man, that perform, that's a performance of a really great career right there. So that's my number one. <laughs> Dr. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. You're putting me on. No, it's pronounced Frankenstein. Do you also say Froderick? No, Frederick. Well, why isn't it Froderick Frankenstein? It isn't, it's Frederick Frankenstein. I see. You must be Igor. No, it's pronounced 
Igor. But they told me it was Igor. Well, they were wrong then, weren't they? Uh, you were sent by Herr Falkstein, weren't you? Yes. My grandfather used to work for your grandfather. <laughs> How nice. Of course, the rates have gone up. Of course. Of course. I'm sure we'll get along splendidly. Oh, sorry. I, uh, you know, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I'm a rather brilliant surgeon. Perhaps I could help you with that hump. What hump? Let's go. Wow. That's a classic film. No argument here. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in power, Mr. Wilder. You left a lot of wonderful, indelible performances. Jerry to his friends. Jerry. Oh, I, yeah, right. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, had a I had a feeling you were going to pick that, Travis, so I didn't put it on my list. So bless oh. you for, for, for mentioning it. I, I failed to write it down, even in the case that you didn't bring it up. But, yeah, that's a, he's on another planet in that movie, giving 110%. God, what a, yeah. what a true talent. I mean, Jesus Christ, natural comedic ability. <laughs> um, I want to deliver my number one. I do want to just, just so it's not missed, give a shout out to, I was worried we wouldn't really have any, uh, female actors in this mix. Not yeah, to I say was thinking about that a lot myself. Of, like, yeah. Not yeah. to say they're all a bunch of sexist, but I wanted to talk about just some of my own. So we're not remiss. Like Holly Hunter in Raising Arizona is just so, so gorgeous. Such a treasure. So funny. Mm -hmm. um i've uh, anyone who knows me knows that like i'm obsessed with parker posey like i think she's just the most beautiful creation ever created by god aside from my wife oh, um yeah. just about everything she did is just <laughs> just makes me laugh i just oh, she's so adorable i really like i really i really like that anna <laughs> ferris so i've been wondering where she oh, has been so lately because she's so funny oh man um, so yeah could, unless you just, you guys want to you just hit on something you just hit on yeah, the Anna Ferris was just outside my top three in uh, Just Friends. She's fucking yeah. hilarious in that movie. She's she a... plays like a Britney Spears kind of Taylor Swift, but she's like this pop star, but she's really ditzy, but she's also uh, crazily rage-filled. Yes. <laughs> yeah, really she's really funny in that movie. <laughs> she always delivers. And then one final one in that capacity, and she's in a movie I'll bring up a little bit later, but uh, Madeline Kahn, I think, was unbelievable rest in peace she was just she's out of this world uh but okay my number one is john candy and planes trains and automobiles for mm -hmm. you know for a couple reasons it's an obvious pick you know it's on all your google <laughs> lists but it's for good reason i think some of the i think like a true comic genius is someone who is is layered and this character del griffin has so much pathos in it mm -hmm. and you talk about like comedians like chaplin and Buster Keaton, all of the great ones always combine that, that pathos with that humor. And yeah, that's it for me. It, it can't be beat. It's just so rounded and powerful and funny and it's like, to die for. I never did introduce myself. Del Griffin, American light and fixture, director of sales, shower curtain ring division. I sell shower curtain rings. Best in the world. And you are? Uh, Neil Page. Neil Page. Pleased to meet you, Neil Page. So what do you do for a living, Neil Page? Marketing. Marketing. Super. Super. Fabulous. Isn't that nice? Uh, 
Look, I don't want to be rude, but uh, I'm not much of a conversationalist, and I'd really like to finish this article. A friend of mine wrote it, so... Don't let me stand in your way. Please don't let me stand in your way. The last thing I want to be remembered as is an annoying blabbermouth. <laughs> you know, nothing grinds my gears worse than some chowderhead who doesn't know when to keep his big trap shut. If you catch me running off of the mouth, just give me a poke in the chops. He was likable in, in just about everything he did, and... But like he was like this that movie in particular, I think was was stand out for him. That was just, yeah. There's there's a, it's a lot of depth to that character. Oh yeah. Wow. Well, I was not surprised to hear you say that. John Candy was in my honorable mentions for Uncle Buck specifically. Oh, oh yeah. My favorite funniest version of him in a film, uh, but obviously, <laughs> Planes, Trains, and Automobiles really solidified him because it was. It was a dramedy, right? It gets serious. There's a lot oh, of God, serious yeah. tones to it. So yeah. people are like, wow, look, this guy can act. He can do everything. And that really uh, boosted his career in the United States. But John Candy, we can't have it all. We can't have you on everyone's list. So we need to rotate <laughs> around. I, I had so many honorable mentions. I don't know what to do with this number one. It's, I'm still torn as we're sitting here. Oh, no boys. There's so many people, and I, I really don't know what to do. I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, – <laughs> Boy, I, I think I'm going to screw his name up. Uh, Romani? Romani Malko, who's in the 40-year-old version. He plays Ra- Jay. Mm-mm. He's so funny in oh. that movie. He's hilarious <laughs> in that film. Alligator Funkhouse? That guy? <laughs> no, the guy who's uh, cheating on his wife, and he's always trying to get him to, uh, to uh, go out. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah. He, he, was, he was so funny. Everybody else in that movie just went on a big thing. And that guy just fucking disappeared. I don't get it. Yeah, he he's like he's really good looking dude. He's funny, and he was unfortunately in the Love Guru that uh, Michael Myers disaster. Mike Myers disaster. Jesus. Yeah, that was, maybe that yeah. hurt his career, but but he's really funny. The forty year old version. He has a one scene with an unknown Kevin Hart back then because this movie came out in two thousand five. That is, <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna leave it at that. If you haven't seen that one, check it out. So, but so it's guys like that, and then. You know, Leslie Nielsen in The Naked Gun was so legendary. Oh, God. I, I also, oh, shit. Yeah. Fuck. But I, I also put the naked, <laughs> I put the writing, I put the writing of The Naked Gun as a whole. Like, I don't, Leslie Nielsen's great in it, but I can't put him number one because I feel like the whole movie itself in the writing is what really brings it home as well. So mm. I can't put him number one. So I guess, I guess I'm going to go, I'm going to go with somebody who made me laugh the most in the moment. And it's going to be Ace Ventura. It's going to be. Ow. It's going to be, it's got to be, I mean, Jim Carrey made Old me Jim. piss myself. I saw that movie when I was, it came out on home video on VHS and it came out like 94 because it came out in 93, I think. And I watched it on VHS at uh, Pat Armour's house, an old high school friend of ours. We were oh, freshman year. Pat. And I'm just sitting there in his really pristine, you know, living room laughing my ass off because I'd never seen this before. And it was so funny. And I have to remember <laughs> that moment and I have to give it credit. And I, I can rarely recall having such a, response (laughs) such an outward response to a film like that and god i liar liar deserves to be in there you already put that in there travis so i feel like jim carrey is one of the greatest comedians of all time and he deserves two spots on this list even though i wanted to give a shout out to chris tucker and friday that was a total game changer oh that's a good one yeah and so there's so many we could talk about but i'm gonna go with that that's my number one good job Worked on with all the shouting. What's wrong with the shouting? Who the hell is that? That's a. Uh... Heinz gets velvet. I am trainer of dolphins. 
You want to talk to the dolphin, you talk to me. What happened to the regular trainer? What happened to him? What happened to me? Seven years I'm with Egfried. We are making the dolphins disappear, and then Roy is coming with the white tiger, and they're stomping in the pants, and I'm gone. Where is Snowflake? Why do you care about the dolphin? Do you know him? Does he call you at home? Do you have a dorsal fin? To train the dolphin, you must think like the dolphin. You must be getting inside the dolphin's head and communicating. I'm saying to Snowflake, and he is saying, and he is up on the tail. And you can quote him. I mean, there's, there's one guy that literally, I was just thinking about this a few weeks ago. If I just see this guy's face, I will start laughing. Uh, and I don't really see him, see him too much anymore, but uh, good old Martin Short. Remember Martin Short? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I see his face, I will immediately start laughing. I don't care what the circumstances are. But, you know, not the best movies, but he, he can be really funny. Yeah, you remember Clifford? Captain Run. Captain Run, Captain, man. Oh. Oh my God! Captain oh, yeah. Do you remember that movie Clifford, where he plays a boy yeah. the whole movie? He's like a forty-year-old man. Or uh, pissed. Pure luck. That was that was fun. Was oh fun. my God! Pure luck. Yep, he gets stung by the bees. He's all fat. <laughs> well, his Jiminy Glick, his Jiminy Click character was. Oh my God! It's oh legendary, but it's not oh a movie, God. right? It's it a TV show. Fun. I watched I watched so, some oh. some clips of that. Him him that Dennis Miller oh interview God. is. One of the funniest things to me still of all time. Uh, yeah. yeah. I challenge anyone to sit there and watch one segment of Jiminy Glick and not, and not laugh out loud. I, I would give you a million dollars if you did not laugh out loud. Oh, my God. And that's I, funny. Uh, yeah. And I also feel shame for not – I really wanted to put Eddie Murphy in the top three for Coming yeah. to America. Because yeah. in Coming to America, he's all over the place. He's so good. He was never oh, as good yeah, in that movie as he was then. Powerful pound. Sugar Ray Robinson, the greatest fighter ever lived. Oh, come on, man. What about Joe Lewis? The Brown Bomber. Now that was a great boxer. You damn right. I suppose nobody in here ever heard of Cassius Clay. We got a point. Cassius Clay was a bad motherfucker. Hey, I ain't saying Clay ain't bad. I'm just saying I stopped liking Cassius Clay once he changed the name to Muhammad Ali. What kind of shit is that? Wait a second. Wait a second. A man has the right to change his name to whatever he wants to change it to. And if a man wants to be called Muhammad Ali, goddammit, this is a free country, you should respect his wishes and call the man Muhammad Ali. His mama named him Clay, I'ma call him Clay. Mm-hmm, that's right. I say Clay. Get out of here. <laughs> that's right, that's right. He gonna always be Clay to me. I don't give a fuck what chain name to. He is Clay, he Clay to me, I say Clay. Well, then you're a putz, the three of you, three putzes. You should change the name outside from Mighty Shop to the Three Putzes. That's why this list is very difficult. We put ourselves in a corner by making yeah. it three people. So yeah, and with with many many uh, honorary mentions. But oh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's one of those of things. We you know, it's it's comedy. It's subjective. We're gonna change our minds tomorrow about this list completely. So <laughs> absolutely, no doubt about it. What's on your top three? What do you guys got? We'd love to hear from you, as always. Cinnamonidepod at protonmail.com. Cinnamonidepod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Facebook steals your data, but they allow you to connect with people. So just enjoy <laughs> yourselves, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Over the bed. <laughs> okay, so guess what time it is. It's time to hey find out, does it hold up? 2003's <laughs> old school. 
deal. Listen up. Altogether, we picked 14 pledges. Wait, who's this guy? Well, that's Blue. Yeah, it's an old Navy vet who hangs around my store a lot. But don't worry about it, he's legit. He looks like he's 100 years old, he wants to pledge. Are you kidding me? The old man River won't shut up about it. Go time! A film directed by Todd Phillips recently of Joker, the Joker fame. Is it Joker or the Joker, by the way? It's just Joker. That's what I thought. Uh, Joker is the culmination of a career of many comedy films, old school being one of them. I remember uh, the first Todd Phillips movie I saw personally was uh, a Road Trip in 2000. Road Trip. Yeah, Road Trip, which was a silly comedy where Tom Green was still popular. He got a meaty role in that film. (laughs) Uh, And then Old School came out in 2003. It's got a 7.1 rating on IMDb. And it's also hailed as one of the top comedies of all time from various websites. Even Rotten Tomatoes has it in the top 60, I think. So... Gentlemen, Travis, old school, 2003, opening <laughs> thoughts. How long has it been since you've seen this film? What oh did boy. you think initially? Let's, let's get into it. Well, you know, it had been, it had been a good 10, 15 years since I watched it. I was a fan, big fan when it came out. And like most people, you know, before the age of memes used a lot of, you know, we use movie quotes as like shibboleth to like, hey, you're, you're, you're one of us. So I'm going to make this movie quote now. And you, you get it. You're like, yes, you are also my boy, Blue. And then we, yes. you know, so, so that was, it was definitely one, one of those, but, uh, but I hadn't seen it in a long time and I was unsure how I was going to feel about it. And it starts up and in the first like two minutes, there's like yeah. racial, like a, a homo, I'm sorry, a homophobic <laughs> slur. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be awful. Uh, yeah. But luckily that wasn't, uh, that wasn't the case. I did end up having um, quite a few chuckles uh, as it went on. And, you know, it, it basically, it felt like, I was like, wow, I didn't really, this is, this is Billy Madison starts a non-fighting fight club. That's, this is really what this movie is. And, um, and that's, and it's a fun, you know, I, 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 I didn't feel like I'd been missing out and not watching it every couple of months, but um, uh, I will probably watch it again in my lifetime. Yeah. There it is. See, he will watch it again in his lifetime, folks. Old school stars, Luke Wilson, Vince Vaughn, and Will Ferrell. And this did take Will Ferrell up to a new level. This was the movie. Oh, yeah that really brought him on the scene. It came out right around the same time as Elf, too, but Old School was un, undeniably the movie that said, whoa, check out this guy. He was arguably the star of the movie. It's got a 60% rating from the critics on the Thermometer, for those of you who are down mm. with that stuff. 86% from the audience, so quite a discrepancy in terms of audience versus critic score. Eric, I know, that, I know this might have been a tough watch for you. I want to get your opening thoughts. When was the last time you saw it? What was your initial thoughts on this film? It's been at least 10 years, and I, I had always liked it too, but I mean, what, what got me curious, I, I was kind of against this pick when we discussed it last week, because I was like, really, this, I got nothing to say. I mean, I've been there, I've done that, you know, it's old school. But I got to thinking, you know, back in the, remember like the early 2000s, comedy, <laughs> comedy was like in this weird spot, because we're, we're post Austin Powers and like post like Scary Movie and Fairly Brothers and like American Pie comedy like didn't really know what what direction to go in we had like all these different subgenres of comedy like you had like your highbrow like Wes Anderson Terry's wig off ghost world Alexander Payne type humor and then you had like jackass and then you had like these movies that were trying to be like raunchy like saving Silverman in Orange County and like Van Wilder but they just weren't that funny uh 
And then you just said dog shit like Freddie got fingered. I'm sorry. I, I can't fucking uh, skip that movie. Uh, uh, hilarious, hilarious. Hilarious. Don't do dare. Yeah, you know, anyway. you're, poking, you're poking bears here. <laughs> I know I'm poking <laughs> bears, but uh, it's my opinion. But I remember when this came out, February 2003, it was a game changer because the theater was, it was like a, like a earthquake hit it. Everyone was just roaring with laughter in the theater because it, it was just so well written and funny and, and new and dynamic uh, in a great way. So uh, I was surprised that I was chuckling throughout the entire movie this time around. And right, I'm talking man. like from the first like 30 seconds, uh, I, just, I just started laughing. I just jumped in and I, I almost never stopped, especially in that first like 45 minutes to an hour. So, yeah, I was excited. <laughs> Wow, that is amazing. I, I saw this movie in the theater. I went down to Charleston, South Carolina for a weekend in February of 2003 with our old friend uh, Morgan, a friend we know. We all drove down there and we went in the theater and saw this. And of course, this is a period of time when I, I was a younger man. I was 22-ish, 22, yeah, exactly. And people brought in flask and it was a total oh, like yeah. boat, you know, event of silliness, drunk people howling with laughter and the whole theater was <laughs> laughing though it wasn't just us it was a pretty chaotic scene and i remember it left a mark on me for a long time as a, a theater moment i was like mm -hmm. wow that was mm -hmm. like i'd love yeah. to have that theater experience again because people were just into it and the opening scene like you said travis the the using of the f slur for a homosexual derogatory comment was like whoa i was like wow that's that's what we're doing this movie still. It, it never. I, I always hope it'll change as I get older, and it never yeah. does. It's still the same film. But besides that, it gets better after that. I, I can move on from that pretty quickly because I just know the period of time allowed that in film. It's not my call. It's just what was happening back then. But yeah, it's not. It's not the only problematic point in the movie. But like, no. yeah, it's definitely. It's, but it's not. But it doesn't end up being. <laughs> it doesn't drag the. I mean, like, it's not. It doesn't define the movie. What are, What are some other problematic parts? I mean, does do, I, I feel like there's no fee, this this movie doesn't exactly pass the Bechtel test, you know? Oh! <laughs> like the blowjob scene is just like so fucking oh pointless. God. Like, why is this happening? Like, why oh, is it's this so in funny. this fucking movie? It's like, hilarious, every, though. I mean, it's, it's funny. Yeah, but I mean, it's so I, I made comparisons to, to Billy Madison and Fight Club, but there's also like very much a um, like a meatballs kind of like. When I put, I, I watched this on DVD. I broke out the old DVD, and, I, and when I put the DVD Whoa. in, the um, the 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 screen immediately was just like the the girls yeah. and the yeah, it was immediately just boobs, just bare boobs. <laughs> I'm like, just, make sure you know what kind of movie you're getting into. It's going to be boobs and booze, and it's very much a boobs and booze kind of movie. And, and like, if you're expecting like, yeah, if you know some sort of uh, philosophical experience, you're you're going to be sorely disappointed. But um, <laughs> For what it is, yeah, you're right, man. I, both of you guys, like, I, I mean, I, I laughed a lot when it gets when it got to the streaking scene. Like, I was all like, I was. It was almost like I'd seen it was seeing it for the first time. Like, mm. who's streaking? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's still yep. very funny. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That's so disgusting. <gasps> why am I looking at that? Uh, wait, why are you slowing down? Just drive. Oh my god. Stop. <laughs> No way. Frank! Hey, honey! Hey! What the hell are you doing? We're streaking! We're going up through the quad to the gymnasium! Who's streaking? There's... There's more coming! Frank, get in the car. Everybody's doing it! Now! Okay. 
You think KFC still open? That's yeah. like a classic line. It's so funny. It, Will, Will Ferrell's Ferrell, naked body is a national yeah, treasure. That is really his naked body. I'm confident in that. You got Snoop Dogg making the cameo, and he steals the microphone and bends over. the cra- Oh, man. <laughs> it's so good. But as far as the problematic parts of this film, it is an older film. So there's, it's, we have changed as a society, even in 17 years. And right. this movie is going to have a few parts. You know, he has sex with someone who's probably, who's supposed to be in high school. Alicia Cuthbert is an adult in the film but she's a high schooler that's that's taboo but this movie is trying to push the limits too it's trying to be gross out it's definitely in the vein of animal house and any of those i mean animal house that had the exact same thing in it it's almost a ripoff to a sense maybe maybe we should look at how todd phillips kind of ripped off his favorite movies from the 70s because he did it with taxi driver and joker (laughs) right and then he does it here with animal Mm. house because it's the exact same plot where thomas hulse has ends up getting with the dean's <laughs> daughter, but she's only like 13 years old. So it's the exact same yeah. thing. So what's going on here, Todd? Get a little more original. <laughs> well, I mean, you say that, but I give Todd Phillips a, lo- a lot of credit because he's, as a filmmaker, even back then, his films are always very, very watchable. I mean, they're slick, but they're really well put together. Like the scenes are, they get out at appropriate times and the jokes are there and they're not overstuffed and it's not lengthy. It's very, very watchable film. And it puts you into uh, into the vibe of like, like when they're partying and stuff and they're doing the whole like fun thing at the dorm, like you get into it. You kind of feel like, you know, you're like 22 again. So I give him credit for his ambiance for sure. And I, I, I me personally, I'm a huge due date fan. I, out of all of his movies, due date, I can watch any old time. I love that movie. Yeah, I saw that in the theater myself. Uh, not a bad film. Actually, I watched it a couple <laughs> weeks ago when I was back in Ludington. On, it was on HBO. I was like, oh, I remember this movie. Like, Zach Galifianakis ruled the world. That was that period of time. <laughs> yeah. But as far as old school, uh, some of the we love to give you the critics' comments from back in the day. Real-time critics' comments in 2000. Here we go. Dessen Thompson of the Washington Post says, an extremely funny and, of course, socially unredeemable comedy. <laughs> uh, another Washington Post commentary from Rita Kempley says, this movie's enough to give you a big, fat, this is a dated reference, Greek dreading. <laughs> Get it? Greek dreading? Wow, that's clever. Greek dreading. Uh, Jesus. Wow, yeah, that was she was reaching on that one. Uh, Mike Clark of USA Today says, unlike most of the lowbrow comedies in theaters these days, <laughs> this one isn't quite a carp. Man, these critics are digging deep for these. A carp? Why don't we? They really want to flex their literary wings on this. Yeah, Dude, wow. Mike Clark at the thesaurus. Nice you one, guys buddy. are smart. Wow. Uh, let's see. As far as far we as compare the, it to a fucking large, disgusting fish. Scott Weinberg of Movie Insider. This is again okay. in February of two thousand three. You could film the cast of this movie in a library for 90 minutes, and I guarantee it'd be funnier than what's on display here. Ooh, Ooh wow. I mean, you could probably put, you could, you could, I, I agree with the first part. They, it would probably be an entertaining movie, no matter what, if you just put these dudes together. Yeah, but, but I don't know, be he almost, def- yeah, he already defeats his point by saying, if you could put this film in the, uh, if you could put this cast in the library and film it and it'd be funny, then that means he could yeah. put it anywhere. So he's kind of, <laughs> okay. it's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. And then uh, Brent Simon of entertainment today says not particularly well-directed. Ooh, Eric, I think might have a beef with that, but old school wins you over with the sheer indomitable will of its performances, a winning cocktail of unsuccessfully suppressed mania and male regret run amok. 
Wow. Who, who said that get, again, Mike? That was Brent Simon of Entertainment Today. I don't know if anybody's a big fan of him. Anyways, those are some of the commentaries. It's a mixed bag. Some people really love it. Some people really hate it. Uh, last one, Philip Martin of Arkansas Democrat Gazette said, if you're the kind of person who's inclined to see these movies like this, well, you needn't make an exception for this one. Though it is at least better than the typical sub-animal house frat sex comedy. Okay, so he gave it a little bit of credit. Jesus. So let's uh let's talk more about this wonderful film. <laughs> By the way, if you if you want if you watched Old School and you're following along on the podcast with us, hit us up on Cinema Nine Pod at protonmail.com, Cinema Nine Pod on Instagram. You click on Instagram, you scroll through the feed, you see our reviews. Uh, what are some of the films we uh, reviewed th- this week recently? Anybody? Just a couple to throw out there. Uh, I reviewed uh, Pandorum this week. Oh. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's the only one I re- reviewed this week. Yeah, it's been a slow week. I, I went live with a review of The Invisible Man, the remake, and I want to appreciate uh, some of the comments I got from that. So, yeah, a lot of activity. No, okay, great. Yeah, we love doing that stuff. We'll, we'll always have at least uh, one or two film reviews of whatever you guys are watching. I've never, I did one. I don't do as much, but that's fine because whoever is excited and driven to do this, that's what we love. Motivation is key. So as far as old school, though, let's talk about how this – altered careers and i want to talk about this part so will ferrell he blows up vince vaughn he had already done swingers in 96 and he already had would it be fair to say he had a solid career at this point or do you think this was also just as big for vince vaughn i I would say that this um it certainly didn't hurt you know um like i don't know that he would have had such a turn in comedy that he, he ends up doing stuff like Red Claws and um, like that <laughs> one Delib- Delivery Man. He ends up doing some movies Yikes. that maybe you know that maybe mm. he would not have like if people wouldn't necessarily thought of him as a comedic guy. And he gets kind of stuck, I think, in like used car salesman mode for a while in his career. <laughs> and, it's a, and it's a while until we see him really kind of um, show what he can actually do. Like a lot of people are down on the second oh, season of True, uh, True yeah. of True Detective, but I thought he was good in that. Um, cell was that cell block 99 yes it's called. yes Fucking thank you for bringing great, that up awesome great yeah. movie with a great performance by him in it and the kind of stuff yep. that like maybe kind of got set back a little bit by his mm-hmm. uh by this performance in some ways because i think he was doing just fine he was doing he was already leading a leading man in plenty of independent clay movies and bigger movies as well clay pigeons uh cool dry place like he was he was working um yeah yeah he did yeah. the bake the breakup and wedding crashers came out after these films um those the I don't, I don't know. I like the breakup. breakup. Yeah, I kind of like Funny. the breakup too. Uh, I like, I like the breakup. It's being very, it doesn't try to like overwhelm you. It's, it's a, basically a movie mostly set in an apartment. So it's, <laughs> it's a challenge. But The Wedding Crashers is, oh, I, I would argue that I've, I've debated this for a long time. I don't know which one I like more, Wedding Crashers or Old School, because they're both so funny. I mean, they're crass as hell, both of them. They're rated R comedies. They don't pull any punches. And Vince Vaughn is probably superior in wedding crashes, but just by a nose. So he, he was able to turn this opportunity into that, but you're right. There's a lot of crap in between that period. Of time. <laughs> what about you, Eric? What do you think? Do you think, uh, what about Luke Wilson? I mean, is Luke Wilson, is this like his last hurrah before he kind of, that's what I wanted to, uh, that's kind of what I want to discuss because he's really funny in this because comic timing is hilarious and yeah, he's coming off Tenenbaums and I don't really, I looked him up and I was trying to see where, his trajectory was after this and he did idiocracy in 2005 that's Mm -hmm. that's a huge film now it wasn't so big when it came out yeah but that's kind of where it drops on yeah you know i mean he's one of those sorry go ahead eric no i mean he's on the show roadies that i keep hearing really good things about oh they canceled that but they canceled it one Hmm. season 
but it yeah, was that was Cameron Crowe. That was Cameron Crowe's uh, series on Showtime. I loved it. I agree mm-hmm. with you, Travis. Bummer. That's great. Um, you know, I'll give him this, though. I mean, the guy has cemented himself in uh, American culture because, I mean, like, uh, Tannenbaum's and uh, this. Idiocracy is huge. Idiocracy, now. yeah, exactly. It, yeah, like, he, he, like, these are some important, long-standing movies that he'll be, be well-remembered for, so. He mm-hmm. did show up in the Zombieland sequel. That was he was kind of funny doing that. He played oh, yeah, like a yeah. copycat of uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, that was yeah. He was, he was he was funny in that. It was actually one of the highlights of the movie. Yeah, uh, I didn't know this either. He was in Three Ten to Yuma. I totally forgot yeah, about that. Like random oh, scumbag cowboy. Really good in two minutes of screen time. His yeah. teeth are all <laughs> fucked up. Like he looks yeah. like hell. It's a really good performance too. I'm like I'm like where is this where is this Luke Wilson been? Well, yeah. if we look at this real quick, so. It looks like he got, I mean, he has that great cameo as well as Frank Fitchard in Anchorman. That's a funny bit. It's brief. He gets his arms chopped off. That's funny. But he does the Wendell Baker story, Wendell Baker story, which got kind of, it's forgettable. Uh, The Family Stone. You like The Family Stone, Travis? Oh, God. Oh, So bad. Uh, Oh, so bad. I fucking hate that movie. Okay, great. So then if you look at this, Wendell Baker, The Family Stone, Idiocracy bombed in the theaters at the time. My super ex-girlfriend was a huge bomb. Oh, Jesus. He was the co-star with Uma Thurman in that, and that then it all. So if you look at all those bombs, it's a bad stretch, and he probably became box office poison. Hmm. Too bad. Ooh. Yeah. Although he was in the Death at a Funeral remake, and I kind of enjoyed him in that. I like both versions of Death at a Funeral, the original and the remake. So just for the record. But at any rate, yeah. uh, let's get to the main point here. Will Ferrell's the one who explodes. This defines his career, or at least allows him to do whatever he wants. And then he follows it up with Anchorman, and from there, it's just Will Ferrell's the star of stars. And there's a ton of other people that just keep on popping up in this movie. That 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 dude from uh, the Big Bang Theory. It's the first time I ever saw him in yeah. there. We got Rob yeah. Cordery just in the background for this whole fucking movie, just like being oh, yeah. bald and like just like just waiting to pop and show everyone how much talent he has, but he doesn't get to do it in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of people. And then of course we have Jeremy Piven blowing in with hair like a true betrayer <laughs> of his kind. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, mean- I got out. <laughs> Yeah, this is right. This is right uh, before Entourage Jeez. started, so that's when he turned into that guy. And then yeah, he, his career career. Changed. I really liked him for a long time, and then and then as a bald man, you know, oh, felt man. Per- personally slighted mm-hmm. uh, when he, when he showed up with hair. But also, like, he just started doing like all these really kind of like dick performances. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I gotta say, one of the biggest laughs for me this time around was Piven when he's he's such a dick in this. And at one point, like. Uh, that young girl like Susie Wang or something walks up to him she's like hey excuse me Dean and he's like uh, not right now I'm kind of busy he holds up a mug root beer like that's what he has going on he can't be bothered yeah <laughs> it's so yeah, he, dumb I also yeah, like that for, for good measure he and Kilborn are killed off at the end just Craigers just, <laughs> just Craig Kilborn yeah this yeah, I always love this in. I mean as a Craig. sports center guy in the 90s Craig Kilborn being in this movie that's that's like a weird reason why I love this movie even more because I always thought Craig Kilborn was really funny he was the late show He's host funny. and then he disappeared mm-hmm. from the world forever sure and he did. had a weird career he went from sports center anchor to anchor late night host to brief you know, small roles, and then he just lives in Montana by himself now. Very strange. Don't, don't, don't forget the original host of The Daily Show also. Oh, yeah, right. Mm. Of course. Good wow. Lord. God, that's huge. I can't believe I forgot that. But uh, also, I want to get to all the women. Because Ellen Pompeo, you know, she becomes a huge star in Grey's Anatomy. Ella She's Pompeo. in this movie. 
Uh, Leah Romini never gets yeah. to be. I love Leah Romini is one of my all time crushes. So going back good. to Absolutely. going back to Saved by the Bell, the summer years where they go on the Yikes. they work in that summer job and they work for that scumbag fat yeah. short guy and he's the daughter of her somehow. And gosh, she's so cool. but she's also she's hilarious. Fun. And I never yes. watched. Um, I never watched what is it? Uh, King of Queens. That wasn't a show yeah, I either. watched. But. No, me neither. But but she she's always gold. And she's <laughs> in this. Oh, oh yeah, I'd like to see more of her in this. When she admonishes uh, Mitch when he spills the coffee on her and hers, it's funny. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, all the women of this, even Perry Reeves. It's weird that Perry Reeves is in this film. She must have hooked up with Jeremy Piven in some way because she became his wife in Entourage. So there must be a connection to there as well. And she does a good job. The, I like that they were honest about the divorce. I know this is a dumb comedy, but like they kind of said, you know what? This isn't working out. Let's just end this. Like this doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. When it, at the end of the movie, like I hadn't really thought about it before. Speaking of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, it's so rare for the for a good movie to have a happy ending that doesn't involve the couple that gets broken up actually getting back together. And it's mm. actually pretty brave. And yeah. I was like, all right, this is th that's pretty cool. That's why I like but the breakup. Yeah. They do the same thing. It's like, all right, all right, it's kind of real. Yeah, you know, the breakup, uh, it's under, it was under, it underwhelmed me the first time I saw it, but I've actually gone back a couple times to, to watch it and been like, this is actually a pretty good movie. Wow. That's, yeah, I, lo I love that point. I, that actually dawned on me for the first time last night when I watched it again. I was like, oh, I like this. This is cool. I, I, I mean, this has some of the greatest scenes and quotes that left a mark on film forever. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, the, uh, when he's doing the, you know, they got the here I go again in my own's jamming while he's got his hot rod fired up in the driveway. Like red dragon. Not, yeah, not exactly street legal. <laughs> I've heard that a million times from other people. People mm -hmm. have copied those lines. Also, one of the best cameos ever, in my opinion, uh, Sean William Scott, Stifler, plays yeah. the, <laughs> the oh, animal fuck. ringer. And the whole dart scene, I know it's, oh. people take advantage of the slow-mo voices using like the double voice when they slow down yeah. audio. But it's yeah. the best use of it all time oh, hands God. down it's so Probably. funny you got a dart in your neck man oh, <laughs> out. And, then, and then bringing in bringing in the uh, the sound of silence also is yes. just so the cherry on the cake yeah he did that <laughs> before before arrested development drove it into the ground that one season oh, when they yeah. used it constantly that was used properly back then god it's, it's such a great scene <laughs> well it was a direct reference <laughs> to the graduate right yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. right. Yeah. But in terms of like using it in an, in the recent comedies, I guess yeah. I got annoyed by Arrested <laughs> Development. That's another argument and story. But yeah, I love that cameo. I mean, is there any other uh, small roles, cameos, bits that you guys enjoyed in this film? Things that I miss? I mean, Matt Walsh is in this too. He's always mm -hmm. around. He's, he's fun. Dude, Andy uh, Dick, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Penis. It's so stupid. Yes! I know Travis uh, was, didn't like that scene he said. It's right? funny. I, I'm sorry. It's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's, it's so funny. funny. <laughs> I think it's funny that like, cause this, you know, he, he's got such a s storied history, oh, Andy yeah, Dick, absolutely. and like, you know, and and I heard an interview with him once. He was talking about like this movie and him, like he was, you know, in a, in a state of sorts, and yep. um, 
and like got in a, a fight with Todd Phillips and just insisted, like, I'm only fucking doing this if I wear the goddamn wig. And he's like, fine, wear the fucking wig. And then like, you know, he, it's over and he watches it and he's like, shit, I should have worn the fucking wig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's funny in The Cable Guy too. Talk about underrated oh, performances. We forgot movie. about Jim Carrey in that movie. The secret to a good BJ is focus. I don't care if we're talking about your husband of 10 years or just some hot sailor you met at TGI Fridays a couple months ago. Who never did call me back, but did leave me with a little something called herpes, which I then gave to the dog. But that's neither here nor there. I, I know I almost considered, it was under consideration. I went with Liar Liar. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yet, you know, it's not. I mean, I didn't necessarily have a problem with the scene. I mean, there's some nice things to look at in that scene, but I just, I mean, like it's cringeworthy. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's 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 pure, you know, like guy candy. You know, yeah. it's pure, just like okay, this is not. There's no reason this is happening. Yeah, I just wonder <laughs> if a scene like that would be in a movie today. Is that weird? So. It's a yeah. throwback. I mean, it's it's a throwback. I mean, like, like when I was wondering, does this hold up? I'm like, well, yeah, it holds up as a good comedy that's very representative of its time, and things have happily moved along where some of the things that we're talking about are a lot less likely to be in movies, and if they are, they're going to be dealt with a lot differently, hopefully. And it's so, good that we can watch them and 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 kind of like feel one way about it, but still appreciate it for the comedy that it is. Think about movies like fucking like Porky's and mm. even to a greater extent, Revenge of the Nerds, where like yeah, yeah. people are straight up getting sexually assaulted. And, yeah. And mm -hmm. this and that. Yikes. Yeah, this is better than that. And I also, it, it's just a complicated thought for me because I believe in sexual freedom and people doing whatever they want. So if right. you, you know, women want to do that, they would do that too. So it's, but I'm not down on it. I know you're not, but it's also created by a male director and written by who knows, you know, it just gets complicated. All I know is that. I probably wouldn't see that in a scene today, most likely, but I don't really have a problem with it. I never thought about it that way, I guess, until I watched it again. And now, you know, things are a little different. So I understand that. Maybe that and that's Juliet cool. Lewis. Popping Juliet, out of nowhere. Uh, she, he, yeah, Todd likes using her. She's, she's always bouncing around in her films. She's funny and she's really briefly hilarious. When she says, yeah. <laughs> when she takes a drag of that smoke, she's like, really sorry. <laughs> like trying to be like... <laughs> Compassionate, but clearly doesn't give a shit. That, that's a great, <laughs> really, great yeah. line. She's really, really funny in the in the two scenes she's in in this movie. Yeah, awesome. she really is. Yeah, it's good stuff, and uh, that's what I like about this movie too. It dives right in and it just gets going. There's no bullshit. It, I like that. It's just like boom, like you said, Eric. The first 45, 50 minutes. I mean, it it kind of drags with like, hey, we have to pull off this like you know yeah. testing phase thing. It's like okay, whatever. And right, the Billy Madison third act is a little like all right. I guess That's, they had to end yeah. it somehow. Yeah. But, but, oh, I'm so glad you said that because that reminds me of any time there's a comedy where people are on stage having to answer questions like Billy Madison, <laughs> you know, yeah. business ethics, or what Will Ferrell does the, he just pulls That's it out of his so ass. Stupid. He's got James Carville going head to head in the debate. What the fuck is he doing Agent in that movie? Cajun. Yeah. <laughs> what is he doing in this movie? Yeah, I know. And then Will Ferrell just, you know, he goes blank and he comes up with this genius answer. I, I just <laughs> so love those bits. Dumb. I'll never get tired of people on stage in showdowns or like question scenes on stage. It's funny. Cool. To me. So you're a big quiz show fan. Quiz? I love quiz show. I do that. love quiz show, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a side note. It's one of yeah, Robert Redford's finest films. One of my favorite parts about this movie is the fact that like, 
like in a typical comedy, like the Mitch character, like he'd be fighting against like all of these circumstances throughout the movie. Like, hey, come on, guys, you're yeah. fucking up my life. But like, yeah, I love yeah. how Mitch just kind of jumps in, like, <laughs> like one like conversation. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll I'll help you guys get the pledges and prints up the flyers. I love that. It's just fun. He's very. He's almost too easy going. As I was watching it, I'm like. And maybe this is forty year old man talking, but I'm like watching him like you just bought this house and it is filled with fucking strangers, man. <laughs> like you are not concerned at all. <laughs> well, yeah, there's the one scene he comes home and Beanie's having like the pre frat kind of organization meeting and he's pissed. He is pissed, but they, they talk him into it and that's that. That's what stops. <laughs> End of story. It is funny. It's unusual. You're right. He he just buys in, he acquiesces to the situation. He ends up KY wrestling. Look. Did you or did you not have a good time at the party? I had an awesome time. Frank, I know that you had an awesome time, okay? I think the entire town knows that you had an awesome time. I'm trying to ask Mitch whether or not he had an awesome time. Yeah, I had a good time. Okay, that's good. And now, wouldn't you want those good times to keep going? Oh, have a more good... I mean... I, I don't understand it. I, I don't know why it's so hard for you to admit that you want this. We got 40 guys out there that want this. There must be a reason for it, Mitch. Look, I, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I know you guys are trying to help, but... The truth of the matter is, I've had a hell of a day, an even worse month, and the fact is, I got 40 strangers out in my living room, and all I want to do is get some fucking sleep. So I'm sorry, but we're not starting a fraternity. I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. And you can say, fuck, shit, bitch, whatever you want. Cock, balls. Okay, I'm just proving a point. You don't have to celebrate it, Frank. Take them off. Don't say sorry to me. You let down Frank, you let down me, you let down Max, most importantly. And right about now, I'm having a real hard time trying to figure out why I take time out of my schedule just to try to help you get over earmuffs. That whore that you dated? Want to go out and see the other guys? I'll go mention sorry. Say yes. The, the iconic things like, you know, you're my boy, Blue, that's become a huge line. And, you know, Blue is funny. The fact that they have old men in the thing and they have youngsters, they have like a whole hodgepodge of different types of people in their frat it's it's funny it's a great mix and you know as far as this movie holding up i i think it does hold up maybe i'm overly biased like i said i've watched it i watch it often like not every week but i've watched it frequently enough because it's just a turn on the film and do nothing film i could just zone out when this type <laughs> of movie's on and it's just, you know it's like you said with one you know it's a comfort film in the end for me and so i guess there's some there's some things that are honest of its period, as you said, but it holds up in the end for me. I, I think I think that's where I stand. Yeah, I don't think those things bog it down. You know, I mean, I just think that they're worth acknowledging, especially if we're going to assess it at a somewhat critical level. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- while you mentioned Blue, I uh, did a little little digging on this guy, Patrick Cranshaw. This is one of his last <laughs> movies, but he'd been act- I I can't think of anything else I've ever seen him in. But like he was in, uh, he was he worked with Woody Allen. He worked with the Coen Brothers. This guy Jesus. was like working since like, the nineteen sixties. And he was just constantly working, and and then he will forever be remembered most as, as blue. And I think that's something I don't know, something kind of interesting about that. <laughs> he would pop up every now and then on the old late night with Conan O'Brien show, uh, and he was always really funny in those. He just kind of pop up as a like a featured player or whatever in some yeah. skit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also the Dan Band made themselves the a Dan, career from being in this band. That is, God, I cannot <laughs> believe I forgot about that. That yep. changed the game. I, I listened to that song and that version. Yeah. Of, of closer, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I've never, never heard know. the same sense. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I see the fucking look in your eyes. It's so good. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I've never heard the song the same again. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, again, like this, yeah, so I, I, I say this movie holds up as much as a comedy, but also as, like, kind of a cultural touchstone. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's some, it's, I mean, it's weirdly significant. I would rather, if, if something indicative from the era, like that, if I had to show someone a comedy that, or a movie that, you know, was supposed to represent the early 2000s that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily show them Anchorman, although that was one, was one of the last gasps of comedy before it just became so diffuse mm. and meme-oriented. Mm. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. something else. So- uh, Terry O'Quinn is a reputable actor, and he plays Goldberg, Mitch's boss, in like three scenes. So. <laughs> Terry O'Quinn, shout yeah, out Terry O'Quinn, we love you. Yeah. He's been a been a character actor for decades. So, uh, any final comments, Eric? Uh, so, what do you think? You think this movie holds up, or where where do you stand? You seem surprisingly filled with laughter watching this. Yeah, movie. I was I was laughing the entire time. I mean, if I were to be critical, yeah, that last you know half hour when they start to get into like the academic decathlon and it's just all contrivances like they have to win so they just win there's no real explanation why <laughs> it gets a little tired for me but it's it's yeah. all in good fun i think the standout here is this is this is fucking 17 years old and it and that's mind-blowing because i think you could show this to someone today who had never heard of it and they would they would be laughing out loud the entire time and you can't say that a lot about uh movies that that have aged like that um, so yeah, I, I, I do want to give credit to Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell for turning down the sequel because they were handed a yeah. script, uh, for, you know, spring break. Remember everyone was talking about this. What are we, when are we going to do that Daytona beach sequel? And they just said the script, the script isn't there. We're not going to do yeah. it. Just to Look it. what happened with the hangover. Clearly yeah. Todd oh, Phillips would have done three of these. This could have yep. been the same thing. Yep. Right. Exactly. And, and you know what, this is going to, I think this will be remembered a lot better than the hangover for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I mean, the I think the sequels kind of tarnished it a little bit in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, this gave way to Starsky and Hutch the following year. There's a lot of connections between that. So I love Starsky and Hutch. I just want to throw that out there. Sure. So I think I love everything Todd Phillips does, except the Hangover sequels. So I'm always going <laughs> to be on board. Hangover one guys, is legit. Yes. Have you guys have you heard these people referred to as the frat pack before? I saw that in a little yeah. bit of scratching of research. I, I I'm like, I've never fucking heard all of these people referred to as a frat pack. I don't I don't it, okay. It seems like I heard the term, of, but I don't use it. I think it's lame. I don't think anyone uses it. I just stumbled <laughs> across it. I'm like, this is this sounds well no. This is I get that these people are friends, but like they can't just put pack on any on any group of performers and be like, here we are. <laughs> Yeah, everything's pack. a pack. Everything's a pack. Rat pack, right. rat pack, blah, 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 blah. Whatever rhymes with rat. Yeah, we're very original when it comes to... As you saw, as we listened to, these critics come up with very original wordings for their labels. Don't forget, yeah. this movie is like a carp. Like a carp. <laughs> a carp. <laughs> um, I, w- I will say, my, I got one last thing to say about this movie, and that's the whole... I mean, there's so many funny parts in this movie, but just deadpan Will Ferrell talking about his oh Saturday, his plans for a Saturday. Yes, is it's one of the most quotable, funniest all time. It's just it's just a man literally talking about his plans with his wife, and somehow Will Ferrell made it funny, memorable yeah. for decades and hilarious. Nice, I mean, just, nice little Saturday. We say nice it to this day. <laughs> I say it almost every day. Yeah, it's so <laughs> easy. It just rolls right off the tongue. Absolutely. Yeah, nice little Saturday. All right, well, there you have it. Old school, 2003. Does it hold wow. up? Did you watch it? We'd love to get your feedback on it. Send us a shout. Shout out. Uh, a let it all telegram. Out. Yeah, let it all out. Live 
or let die. Please do live. We prefer you live, of course, but uh, we would like to hear your comments on Old School. Hit us up, Cinema9Pod at ProtonMail.com. Hit us up on the Instagram. Send us a picture of yourself watching the film and give us a commentary. Do it any way you want. We love that stuff. The more creative, the better. Be Will Ferrell. Be Vince Vaughn. Talk to us. Be our friend. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. All right, so let's talk. We got an email this week. Uh, Eric, do you want to get us going on this week's email? It's a very special email from a listener. You know, a very thought-provoking friend of the show, Jeff, uh, chimed in with, uh, with uh, you know, an interesting question for us that uh, he texted into the show, um, which is an option if you know us personally. Um, <laughs> and this was, this was interesting, and I really enjoyed thinking this over. Uh, he basically wanted to know if what we, what we would choose if – they remade a movie, but from a different perspective, from a different character that's in the original film, uh, if the film was told from a different perspective. Okay, so, you know, think about, like, I don't know, Forrest Gump, as if it were told from, like, Jenny's perspective, and, and Forrest was, like, a secondary character. Okay, so that sort of thing. That's real, uh, real interesting proposition. Quite. That's a great question. I came up with a few. Uh, what about you guys? Travis, yeah, we I know you got something. Go ahead. Let's hear it, man. Do so, you want them all or do you want, do you want just one? Oh, let's just do you know, one or two yeah. at a time. Let's do one or two at a time. Um, yeah. I will say this. <laughs> um, I picked four. Um, all of, uh, uh, two animated features, two uh, you know, live action. But if I were to cast this, if I were, if I were to redo it, I would have them all be animated. Um, mm. Including, um, I, if I if I were to, I would do an animated version of Ghostbusters. I would tell it from Lewis Tully's uh, perspective. You know, Rick Moranis' character. <laughs> I think that would be fun. Wow, would be fun. Yeah, because it's just it's just like, hey, here's this this guy. He lives in a in a, an apartment. He has he tries to have a party, and then he becomes a dog and he runs around town. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. You know, I mean perspective is everything and a lot of times some of the some of the great films though usually their narrative will be as such where it's told from the proper perspective most notably for me and i think this is genius you look at a movie like amadeus if it was just told from this perspective of of mozart standard biopic but it's because it's from salieri's perspective looking back at the past and his relationship with this great musical genius that a movie like that is so remarkable um, is that right? Yeah, I never really. Oh yeah, wildly in that. Yeah, but who cares? Whatever, it's entertaining. Anyway, as long as you know it's going. bullshit. I think it's an awesome. Yeah. I think it's a great movie. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it is a great movie, but it's so, bullshit. Right. So for some reason, this popped up to me, and this is kind of a kind of a reboot. And I don't know. I don't know if this follows the rules, but I was thinking about a Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, uh, hmm. and I always hate it when Mike. I know you're not the biggest horror fan. Travis, yeah. you can dig some horror sometimes, but no, I was sometimes. thinking about don't fuck with me. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about how I usually hate it when they go back and do like a prequel about how like the like Michael Myers and the, how they became evil in this. I fucking mm. think that's nonsense. But I think the one instance where that would be interesting is with the Nightmare on Elm Street. So I would I would tell this story from the perspective of Nancy's mother, played by Ronnie Blakely in the original. Because if you remember the backstory, it was this group mm-hmm. of adults who, you know, they found out that this person was molesting these children. They put him on trial. He got off on a technicality. They burned him alive. And then he came back to haunt them. So 
that story has never been told as a feature film. So if we take that basic premise of the Springwood slasher, throw someone maybe like Walton Goggins as Freddy, I think he could have a fucking really creepy th uh, thriller. Have the third act be, you know, him starting to haunt their dreams, but tell it from that original perspective. Hmm. Well, that's fun. That's a great idea. I like these ideas. I, I was thinking, what if Ferris Bueller's Day is Off was told from Cameron's perspective exclusively? What would that be like? Would it be as funny as it is? Would it be a lot more depressing? Would it be a total bummer? <laughs> you know? Be more of a dramedy, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, don't, I just, I'd like to see the film from his perspective because he gets a lot of screen time as it is, but it's still through Ferris's eyes, as far as I can tell. So I'm wondering. I wonder. Probably wouldn't be a big hit. <laughs> Um, for me, I, um, I thought it would be fun, again, if an animated version of this, uh, to, to see a movie where like Falcor is off doing whatever in Luck Dragon <laughs> land and he's like called to work and he has to go to work and like he has to go meet this boy and like take care of him and stuff. And I thought, you know, so that's my never ending story from the perspective of Falcor. <laughs> I think that would be a lot of fun. That is so bizarre because I picked, I picked the never ending story too, but I didn't pick from Falcor. Wow. That's weird. <laughs> no so funny. I'm you dead pick, serious. From, yeah. Uh, who'd you pick? Oh, I just <laughs> wanted to see it from uh, a Treyu's point of view. See what it's like from his adventures. Uh, oh my right. God. What are the odds? That's so that funny. Weird. Yeah. That was definitely on my list. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies ever. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yes. You know, I okay, this one's going to be controversial. And I wouldn't really want to see this until enough time has elapsed from the original. Maybe give it another 20 years or so. But I think it would be really interesting to tell the story of Daniel Plainview and There Will Be Blood from the perspective of H.W. Mm. Uh, for, for a lot of reasons. I would kind of use a film like Road to, Road to Perdition is kind of a, a starting point. But th that film is about a really interesting mobster, but it's told from this small boy's perspective, how he sees this man who he doesn't really know, uh, what he thinks about what this man does as a murderer and how it affects him, how it changes him. And I'd really like to see uh, you know, more about the relationship between H.W. and Daniel because there are very few scenes where they interact and it's such a layered character and it'd be fun to peel back those layers and, and really see how uh, this just firestorm of a personality affected this young orphan boy. So yeah, again, it'd be way far off and you don't want to go near Daniel Day-Lewis's performance. So it, it'd have to be a, some time would pass, but that could be interesting. In my opinion. Yeah, that's a good one. Good call. Uh, anything else you want to throw one more and then we'll move on Travis. I yeah. Well, I, 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 I yeah, I had two, but I'm, I don't have to spend any much time on them. I, I thought that uh, Up from the perspective of Doug would be fun. Um, <laughs> dog, Doug the dog. dog. Um, Never saw yeah. it. Oh, well, you should. And wow. um, my, last, my last choice would be, um, you know, uh, Hayo, hey, I don't know how to pronounce his first name, Miyazaki. His, um, I can spell it, but I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. Hayo Miyazaki. Hayo Miyazaki hey. uh, is, is retired, but uh, his son Goro is still working and emulating his style. And <laughs> Spir Spirited Away, told from the perspective of, uh, of No-Face, I think would be a lot of fun. No-Face is my favorite character from that movie. And he's also enough of a, he's an enigma, but also like not so much. Like I would actually want to know more as opposed to like sometimes you want things to stay an enigma. Um, so, yeah, so I think that uh, that movie retold from his perspective would be fun for me, at least. Okay, good pick. Wow, all right, good times. Garden Bonds, I like that. Right. That's, some good, 
Thanks for the email, Jeff. That was very thought-provoking, and a lot of ideas came out of that. There's so nice many movies. Saturday. Nice little Saturday for all of us here. Very enjoyable. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's time to close the show, as always, with our quarantine picks. Uh, some states are functioning fully, maybe. Um, here in Michigan, we still have stay-at-home orders, and we're quarantining. So the quarantine carries on. Uh, what do we got this week? What are the picks? What are the offerings? What do you have to share with the viewers? Travis, let's start with you. Well, I watched a lot of good movies this week. Um, Ooh. Um, starting with one that wasn't that great. It's amazing to me that I could watch from 1984, Robert De Niro and Meryl Streep in, an, in a mm. movie and have it be boring and bad called Falling in Love. Has anyone ever heard of this movie? No. no. Yeah, don't watch it. It's amazingly like dull and just uninspired. And it's so weird to watch like these powerhouses <laughs> share a screen and have it be dull. Um, but I followed that up with... Um, you know, Mike, on your suggestion, I watched Blue Collar, which was fantastic. Uh, oh, so great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if you're going to talk about that. I, was, I didn't want to you know, go too far into that, but I thought oh. it was really good. Go ahead, um, please. Well, just, I mean, I, you know, the very last scene was a little awkward um, and not, it was, <laughs> the completion was not great. Uh, and, but, it, you know, culturally really relevant and very important in that there is a brief scene where uh, Richard Pryor and Harvey Keitel are literally jousting with dildos. So that's really uh, an important <laughs> that's true. point that's in American high. history. But no, it's Paul really Schrader. Such, Paul Schrader. And it's, man, it's I fucking love Paul Schrader. And it's, and it's such a good movie. And I agree with your, uh, your assessment on, on, I believe it was on Twitter about it being the best dramatic performance from Richard Pryor. Just, woof, he was so fucking good in it. Um, yeah, really so was. that 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 really impressed me. I did. I'm so watch glad you the liked public. it. Yeah, me too. Uh, oh. I did watch the public oh. as promised. Oh, you did? Wow, dude. Yeah, it's really, really good. Oh, really, I really watch good. It. I gotta yeah, watch like, it. Um, that shit. It's a good. It's a good way of like how uh, important issues and and like thoughtful, important mm. things can be addressed in in film and have it still, you know, not just come off as a preachy or heavy handed. It's still like an important story. Um, so I definitely would recommend the public. It was very good. Um, I was underwhelmed by 2017's Hostels. Uh, a lot of I, I think that a lot of people kind of built built up Hostels to me. Uh, I think it was oh. oversold to me, and I think that also um, I picked it apart as a as a as a historian oh. of 19th century America. It was kind of hard to watch some of the stuff and be like, oh yeah, yeah, you really getting along with that black soldier that well? Huh? Okay, I'm buying that. Um, now there's just, there's just, there was just too much going on that I just felt like was not, so I didn't care for it, but well, I didn't love it, but, um, it was definitely one where I felt like it was on me. I think most people would really like it and I understand why it was so heavily recommended to me, but I just wish it hadn't been quite so heavily recommended to me. Um, and I watched, uh, Monsters from Gareth Edwards, uh, cause oh. I, I, I really love Rogue Squadron. I really was uh, Rogue One, rather, and I was really, you know, didn't give a shit about Godzilla. So I thought I'd watch his first effort, Monsters, with Scoot McNary. It's really good. It's really good. It's a really good example of uh, of using a low, you know, using your money wisely in a low budget horror movie, and because uh, it's really a drama. It's a dramatic movie more than a horror movie, and uh, and definitely worth seeing if you liked Rogue One, if you like Gareth Edwards. And my number one pick for the week, and I'm going to wrap up with this, I yet again have to fall back to a Netflix release, science fiction movie with a weird title, uh, I Am Mother from 2019. I watched yeah, it last night. Yeah, I saw night. that. Dude, it was so Hillary Swank? good. Hillary Swank? Yeah, it was so good. Uh, by the end of it, like I was just like, oh, it's all coming together. And it's just like, I don't know. I thought it was a really, really smart movie, really, really uh, taught movie. I was like, I couldn't keep my eyes off the screen. 
and uh, and it was and it was smart and um, highly recommend. I am Mother. Terrible name, but good movie. Really dumb yeah. name. <laughs> you were a busy man this week, Travis. Eric, what do you got? <laughs> Give us something good. I love Scoop McNary. And I don't care what anyone says. True, True Detective season three was really fucking awesome too. And Haven't he seen in particular it. was really good in that, in that uh, miniseries. I Underrated actor. Um, so I had never seen this movie Clue before. Have you guys seen Ooh. this film, Clue? 1986? Clue? Clue? You're talking about I, the Clue? Yeah, Clue with Tim Curry and Chris Yeah, Malone. it's a cult classic <laughs> yeah. apparently. I don't get yeah, it. I don't think it's I, as great. I, but oh, oh, my God. I I've seen the gajillion times. Are you oh, serious? I love, it. I love it. I don't love it. Well, see, I grew up on it. I mean, I watched it a million times. So I don't know. Maybe it's I one of those know. things that if you didn't come up with it, maybe it doesn't have, it's not going to, you know, like, like Pretty in Pink didn't really resonate with me. Yeah. I mean, it always really creeps me out how these old movies have such a weird fascination and like, with like big breasts. They, they just think that it's so oh, funny to be yeah. like right in these big breasts all the time. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's so silly. Good point. Now, now Madeline Kahn, I thought she was really funny in it, but everything else, I was like, what the fuck is this? And why do, why do people <laughs> like this movie? Uh, all right. Funny, Eric. I love it. You take I hope we get letters. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm with you, Eric. I'd like to support you, but yeah, continue. I would have liked to have supported Clue and I was there. I was like, oh, here we go, Clue. And I'm like, what God's name's going on here? But uh, on the positive side of things, uh, I got to thinking about good old Jeff Nichols, who did Mud mm-hmm. and Take mm-hmm. Shelter. Love and uh, I stumbled upon his first effort on Tubi. And again, I got to applaud this channel, Tubi, because it's got so much shit that no- is not on Amazon Prime or on Netflix that is really great. Uh, mm-hmm. Shotgun free. Stories. Yeah, it's free. So this his first film, Shotgun Stories, like minimal budget, like 15-person crew. Wow. Just him and his friends. His wife did the catering. He wrote it for Michael Shannon. So way back then, he was maybe just getting started on Boardwork Empire, and he sent it to him. He, he just sent it to him on spec. And, uh, you know, Mike Shannon did it for nothing and came out. It's really good. Uh, have you seen it? It's been on my radar. It's been on, it's, I have a, a list of movies, and it's on there. I, I'll, I'll bump it up so I can have something to say about it next week. I love, I love these. Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's, it's similar to Mud and Take Shelter. What this filmmaker is so good at is uh, taking the, a, like a very, very small like, demographic of people in a rural era, area and like, showing you what life is like for these people. Uh, Winter's Bone is another goddamn oh, mess. Winter's Bone. does this so perfectly. Wait, was Winter's Bone is fantastic. He no, he didn't, he didn't oh. do it, but th- that's another type of movie that just yes. takes this small, like, spe- yeah. very specific demographic and makes a story that's about it. That's set in the uh, Ozarks, um, right? Yeah, that's a yeah, great That's movie. in the Ozarks. This one yeah. takes place in, in just Arkansas where there's just nothing as far as the eye can see. And it's about a little skirmish between these stepbrothers who did not, you know, get along with their father. And after the father passes, there's this feud very intimate small story told uh, uh very precisely by this this really underrated director well uh, and his yeah. his brother is the uh, ben nichols or ben nickel from lucero yeah, which is one Darryl. of my favorite bands. yeah and uh, yeah, lucero and so before he, they became a frat house you know standard <laughs> oh i didn't even know that was that, that, are they a, oh yeah that well, definitely was frat, frat houses are gonna frat houses are gonna a lot cooler then um yeah. <laughs> 
No, they haven't. I'm sure they've not. But anyways, I love Ben Nickel and I love uh, and I love Lucero. Um, you want to do a whole podcast about Lucero and frat houses? Actually, let's. They uh, they work really well together. His those you know his movies and his music. <laughs> Uh, really good movie. Uh, I suggest you, uh, I suggest you check it out and check it out because it's so rare that these small filmmakers get the, get the support on like, I think he had like maybe $200,000 and he was able to make some really awesome movies after that. I've been wondering where he's been for the past few years. Beautiful. Where you been? Dinosaur Jr.? Love it. <laughs> Beautiful picks, guys. You guys have done it again. Uh, for myself, as Travis mentioned, I went back to Blue Collar. Now, I was exposed to Blue Collar. This is a 1978 film, Paul Schrader. Mm. Paul Schrader is a uh, enigma because Eric can attest to this. He, he does movies like First Reform a couple years ago, which was amazing. First oh, Reform. Awesome movie. He's an old Fucking man amazing. and he's still doing great film, right? Amazing. But then he does other movies that are just total trash. I don't want to go through the whole list, but some of his movies are awful. Well, you're not talking the dying Dude, of the I'll go through them. Yeah, I know you will. I'm sure. What'd you say, Travis? I'm sorry. I said, you're not talking the dying of the light, are you, with Nick Cage? I didn't even see that one. See, okay. yeah. Well, I haven't seen it either, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch the director's cut very soon because like some of his stuff, he doesn't always have control. Like, he lost um, control of it. And uh, yeah. the, the, the studio just went haywire with it. He like tried to disown it and like, you know, so like, I think that I think he's not respected enough of a filmmaker. He, this is someone who should be having uh, complete autonomy in all of his movies. And if that's not, not the case, then, then uh, that's not always on him. All right. That's a fair point. Yeah. I shouldn't just blanket statement it, but because yeah, pseudo interference is a real thing. Fair enough. However, blue collar was exposed to me. I took a class when I was in college back in 2000s, late 2000s. It was uh, African-Americans in films, but they focused on movies for the, the class, specifically in Detroit, settings of Detroit. So that's how I learned about Blue Collar. I watched some other great movies in that class too, like obviously Narc was one, and uh, one that wasn't so great, uh, Four Brothers. Remember that movie? Yeah, I don't know if that great. was good. So it was, it was hit or miss, but I was so glad I got to learn about this film because it's timeless. It's about division and people getting divided by the powers that be. And when you don't even think it's happening, you think you're getting more, you think you're gaining, you think you're creating and grabbing more opportunity but you're not and yeah richard pryor is a revelation in the film he really is harvey Keitel is, is in his harvey Keitel. by the way this is a random thought he's weirdly buff in this film i don't know why he looked like really, <laughs> he really is yeah he i was. think maybe he knew he's gonna have a shirt off a lot and he's like i gotta look good or something not like but, a what's it yeah what's a koto i love yeah koto he's amazing in that and he is a mountain that dude is amazingly huge like, he is so when he's I don't want to spoil the movie, but yeah, if you've never seen Blue Collar, please check it out. I really think, especially if you're into like, yeah, like, uh, you know, how film can be used to kind of explain stories of social status and economic status and divisions. It's really, it's, it holds up. It also puts you, it holds up and it puts you in a time period of like late seventies union auto workers. Mm. It's really, really uh, authentic. I'd like to say, I think it's pretty authentic. Uh, And then I watched a blowout and I'd never seen blowout 1981's blowout from okay. Brian De Palma. I'd never yeah. seen it. It was recommended to me by a fella on Twitter a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because it started from the genesis of our Scarface debate a few weeks ago. Okay. And then somehow we were talking about De Palma films. And I, I was like, oh, I got to check out <laughs> Blowout. And John Travolta is really, really good yes. in this film. Yes, thank you, Mike. Like, like amazingly good. He's like acting, some of the best acting I've ever seen <laughs> from him. Good. And I can't I help. Seen it. I know, I was blown up. I, don't, I didn't mean this. I was blown away. I was a blowout. I was blown away. I really was. And, you know, Nancy Allen's great. Nancy Allen. like, you think about, I know Nancy Allen 
distinctly as the RoboCop partner. I always will. So to <laughs> see Parker. her, in, yeah, to, to see her in this film six years prior with like this, she's a yeah. sultry kind of like sex pot. I'm like, whoa, oh, yeah. I, really? I never, yeah. Yeah, it's a real curveball for me. Like you said, <laughs> growing up on a film a certain way gives you this kind of angle. So, yeah, Blowout. I strongly recommend Blowout. Blowout 1981. Yeah, awesome it's, it, yeah, it, John Lithgow has one of his first creepy performances. He's really good in it as well. So it's like, wow, what? I never heard of this movie. It's, uh, it's in the Criterion Collection, so it gets like a, mm -hmm. a historical approval. And then <laughs> lastly, I wanted to mention I watched Dark Waters. And I know you guys yeah. have talked about that when we did yeah, the Ruffalo it. talk. Oh, Ruffalo. And I want to say that I love the idea of this film. And it's actually scared the shit out of me even more to mm -hmm. think about, like, I mean, I'm a little bit aware of what PFOS is and it's a bad chemical. <laughs> but they really, really put fear in you. If, if, if you're just like a regular Joe or Jane seeing this film, you'd be like freaked out. Like, what's in my body right now? And I don't even know. There's nothing I can do about it. But the movie is a damn mess. That's the problem. <laughs> it really is. That's why it, this was clearly – because. It was an Oscar baiter. It really was like, hey, this could be Oscar right. bait. Yeah. And it, yeah, and it totally failed because if Eric, you say you don't like like news procedurals. I don't know if it's procedurals in general. Um, this movie is like a procedural 101 pretty much. And it, but it also jumps all over the place and it's just too chaotic. It's, it's really disorganized. So I was disappointed in it. But I, you know, watch Dark Waters for yourself because the message and the story is very important. And I'd probably rather just read the New York Times series about the lawyer himself who has uh, mm. fought DuPont. So that's my story on Dark Waters. And that'll do it, I guess. Uh, oh, oh, real quick, I know, before we go, I wanted to mention this because we didn't mention it last week. I want to get your quick thoughts, guys, because it was a seminal moment in film history. The Snyder Cut is going to happen, and people made this happen. I just want to get quick responses from you guys. Uh, go ahead, please. Somebody say something, because this was a huge deal. I will watch it. That's it? <laughs> <laughs> what else can I say? The, oh, the, movie, the movie was shit. I hope this is better. <laughs> I think, the, I think the, the concept that people made this happen, a movement happened, made this happen. It would probably have never happened if people hadn't really put the effort out and flew plane banners and constantly yeah. pushed and harassed even on Twitter and all the social yeah. medias. The people yeah. made it happen. I think that's why it's a special moment. The, the audience is going to get what they wanted, and that's a big victory. I'd, ne I'd never seen Justice League, and I, I am glad that I no longer have to go on the internet to get some movie news and have to see release the Snyder Cut every fucking goddamn <laughs> minute I'm on the internet. So I'm happy about that, but um, I probably won't see it. And in fact, when, when David Ayer saw this, he made Suicide Squad, and he's like, well, Jesus Christ, if, if anybody deserves their own cut, it's me, because his, his cut of Suicide Squad was literally ripped from them and given to literally a, a company that produces trailers because they like the way they cut the trailer to Suicide Squad. And they're like, hey, let's edit the Christ. entire movie. Yep. Wait, well, let's get that hashtag going then. Let's release do it. The, would, yeah, release the air was, cut. Release, release the air cut. I yeah, would, I'd be more interested in that anyways. Absolutely. Eric, I think, I'm, you think you really should start pushing that hashtag. I'm not kidding. Because that movie was trash just as Fucking much as stupid. Justice League was. It was, yeah. But it had more I'm potential though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm surprised by your guys' response. I thought maybe they'd be like, "Wow, yeah, it's really a victory for our side." But you guys are so What's disinterested. Our side? In I mean, no. It's, I mean, I don't know. Like the the whole idea of like, oh, the people spoke. Like, I mean, like the people are sometimes fucking wrong. 
know, like maybe, oh. maybe, maybe it doesn't. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm glad this is coming out. I'm glad that like Sonic was uh, Sonic the Hedgehog was redesigned. You know, yeah. like I mean, like I, yeah, I think that there great. is there, I think there is times that, that the people are right and 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 do some good with this kind of loud collective uh, movements and stuff. But then you also have people just uh, you know bullying directors and producers and stuff and like when, when there are wins like this it makes me a little nervous yes. about about the future what's it what's her name marie tran um oh uh, yeah you know what I mean? I mean, rose in uh, the yeah, star wars exactly so like because there are some people that are like oh yeah you know just release the cut and that's it's a fun little thing and then there's some people that like clearly take this shit way way seriously i'm so glad you brought that up because it can be dangerous too because the studio catches wind of this stuff Right. And I'm thinking about a story like Rosario Dawson, who's an actress I don't really care for. I don't think she's particularly that good, but I think she's they're, good. Probably, I do. they're probably going to, uh, um, I don't know what the right word is, but take away this role that they had pretty much already signed on for her to do in The Mandalorian, which is Ahsoka Tano, who's this oh. huge yeah, fan what? favorite character. They're taking it away. But there's an absolute uproar from like a, a community about her being cast in this role. That Why? They, there is some word that she might get pulled out of it. Oh boy. I, okay. yeah. she's, I think yeah. she's a very good actor and I think that she'd be perfect for the role. But yeah, that, that was nothing but positive excitement when I originally heard that news. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're right, Travis. Maybe I, I just was thinking of this being a Dangerous. positive, but you're right. There is an other side of the coin and for his, all the excitement that creates good news. And I think this is good news because it's going to be fun to see. I, it. Yeah, I will, I, agree. I will definitely watch it because I'm into the, DC Universe just as much as I am Marvel, I guess. And I want to see. I mean, but you're right. People like Marie Tran got really screwed, and she just got off social media because it was so. I mean, the whole Last Jedi thing animals itself was a nightmare too. So you're right. You're right, Travis. You're a good point. Yes, two sided. Hmm. Scary world out there, but hey, we're doing the best we can in this world. That's why we're Cinema Nine Podcast. We had a lot of interesting points on today's show. We would yeah. love to see here. Give us a video response. Film yourself. Put it on Instagram. Be like, go live and talk about this podcast you just listened to. We would love to watch that. I would watch that. I would. I know these guys would too. They love watching. I, I would. I would watch it. It's true. See? Yeah. Check it out. Instagram, Cinema 9 Podcast. Cinema 9 Podcast. Cinema 9 Podcast at protonmail.com. All your social medias, all the email you ever wanted and more. We really appreciate the time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Next week, we will discuss, gentlemen, this listener request. It's the first. This is the first listener request we've decided to do for Does It Hold Up for next week's show. What is it? <laughs> Vanilla Sky. 2001's Vanilla Sky by Cameron Crow. We're going to watch it, and we're going to tell you what we think of it next week. If you want to do the same, follow along with us. Check it out over the next seven days. And when we record next Thursday, you can follow along when we reveal the episode. Yeah. And that's going to do it. Thank you very much for listening. It's always a pleasure. These guys had a great time. I know it. I can see their faces. They're smiling. They're beaming with excitement. They could go on for three more hours, but we're going to pull the plug now. Thank you for listening. We'll see you. Keep on trucking. Good stuff. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.